Wow, thank y'all so much. Uh, y'all guys here at Burlington, y'all love Christmas, I can tell. Uh, you, you, you decorate big, you go all out on uh, what you do during the uh, holiday season, and, and I'm looking forward to celebrating Christmas with you over the next uh, few weeks. Do you remember just how much you looked forward to Christmas when you were young? I mean, do you remember? I mean, can you get back kind of to that feeling, you know, thinking about what presents you might get, and, and then there were sweets that you weren't supposed to eat most of the year, always around, and then school was out, and then the presents. You know, you remember how much you look forward to that? Uh, my kids love Christmas. They get it from their mom. They have a countdown clock. You know, now they're getting older, and so it's not as big a deal, but we still got the countdown clock, counting down how long until uh, the day we open presents. Now, to be honest, I like Christmas, but I'm an Easter guy. I am. I, I love spring. I love the summer. Uh, but my wife, man, she loves it. And so my kids get their love for Christmas from my wife. And my wife loves to open presents. She actually loves to open presents early. No lie, we have opened presents in November. Uh, thank you. More than we have in December. Uh, but uh, Thank you, brother. Uh, but uh, my, my wife just enjoys uh, that 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 time. Uh, she, she loves Christmas time to roll around, but a, a lot of people could wait a long, long time for Christmas to roll around. You know, some of you honestly wish it never would roll around. You know, that, that it, it, they dread some of the meetings where you have to face so-and-so that you have to face at Christmas time. Or they dread dealing with rude people in the stores. Or, or maybe you dread telling, uh, you know, your parents which house you're going to go to this year since you just had a baby. Ugh. You know, it's, for some, the countdown clock to Christmas has nothing to do with when you get to open presents. It's when you get to leave your in-law's house, you know. We, we have these things going on. And, and for these folks who dread maybe Christmas coming, it's not Christmas or the fact that Jesus was born that they have a problem with. It's the people that they have to deal with at Christmas time that kind of uh, ruin it for them. And, and maybe for you this Christmas, you've already started thinking about this guy. You know? You know, the, there, there's a reason that this Cousin Eddie character resonates with so many people and that's because we've all got a cousin or Eddie too in our extended family you know and if you don't by the way have a crazy cousin Eddie in your family that's because you're it but anyhow we won't uh this is the guy who puts the fun in dysfunctional you know he is uh uh, he is obnoxious at the table and he thinks it's funny he he brings up unwell unwelcome topics at the, uh, at the dinner table and then laughs and, and he asks, you know, when's the baby due to the woman who's not pregnant? This is the guy who does this kind of stuff in your home and, and he's completely unaware how he comes across but you could make Christmas without him. Others of you have one of these two folks in your family you know, that person who sees the bad in everything. They're miserable with life. And they think that the only way that he or she can enjoy life is to make everybody around them miserable. You know, so, so you've got this person. Some of you have this person in your home. You know, you, you know who she is. Does, does anybody remember her name? 
Oh, not the actor, the name of the character. Anybody remember the name? What was her name, though? No, there's no O because she didn't have one. There was a Glinda, who was the good witch, but the Wicked Witch of the West didn't have a name, and I think that was intentional because we all have her in our family. We know... And so we can put a, a name on that, on, on that person. You know, she stirs the pot and then she sits back and watches as people struggle with one another. You know, guys, here's the truth. We all have difficult people in our life. That lady at work, that uh, family member who, that ex-wife or that ex-husband who's not going to work with you, during the holidays to make things work out, that immature adult child, that nephew or niece who always, that person who loves to bring up politics or that person who makes fun of your Jesus stuff, or the countless thousands who pass by us each day and, and think they own the road, or those people who are rude at the checkout line, not to mention the in-laws. Maybe you have a boss at work who expects nothing but perfection, and truth be told, that wouldn't satisfy him. You know, it comes in lots of flavors, those people who make Christmas difficult. But almost all of us have developed the same way of dealing with difficult people. Almost all of us just to try to avoid contact. You know, we, we deal with difficult people by trying not to deal with them. I mean, it goes deep, too. We will play hide-and-seek in the superstore, going down aisles, seeing if they see us, just so that we don't have to deal with them. But the problem with holidays is holidays create this forced proximity with difficult people. You know, you, you have to meet your ex to pass off the kids on Christmas Eve at 10 o'clock. Family gatherings are an expectation regardless of that person who's there that you don't want to deal with. Or there's office parties where you have to look at that person who stabbed you in the back at work. You just can't get around it. It's there. And it's this forced proximity with difficult people that can steal the merry out of Christmas. You know, we've got them. We all do. And it's a shame because this is not what Christmas was supposed to bring, anxiety and, and turbulence and this inner conflict. Christmas was intended to bring peace. Listen to... to to what the angel declared at the birth of our Lord. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace. Isn't it ironic that the celebration of the event that was to bring peace between man and God becomes the center of so much heartache between man and man? As I prepared this message, my fear was, is more often than not, we are contributors to the friction. And that's definitely not our calling. You see, as followers of Christ, we're called to be agents of peace. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. In Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it says, As far as it depends on you, if it's possible, live at peace with everyone. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. My prayer for you, Burlington, is simple. My prayer for you, congregation, is, is that you would live out the words of Colossians 3.15 and you would let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Now, 
it, it is so easy to get sucked into getting even. It is so easy to return evil for evil or to make fun of that person who's an easy target or who has been making a fool of themselves or building allies against other people. But my prayer for you is you would be different. If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians 3 today. Colossians 3 is a chapter of contrast. And it teaches us that we should be different. And that there should definitely be a difference between those of us who trust Christ and those who do not call on the name of our Lord. In the first part of chapter 3, he says, This is the way you used to live. You used to live this life of immorality, this life of hatred and bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. That's the way you used to live. But now you've put on Christ. And there should be a difference but you've received Jesus. And listen to what he says, starting in verse 12. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, God has chosen you. He has saved you. He has made you holy, and he has lavished you with his love. And listen to what he says. Therefore, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness and gentleness, even when people are rude to you. Again, in verse 12, listen to what he says. We should be humble. We should clothe ourselves with humility. You know, often frustration comes because of how much some of us want to be right. You know, when that person brings up that topic that we don't agree with, instead of putting on Christ and living in humility, we've got to prove ourselves right. And in the midst of something that, that should be a celebration and a time of joy, we have to tussle because it's important to us to be right and we have to have the last word and we have to... Guys, that's not who we're to be. We're to put on humility. And maybe even at times recognize, yeah, we're right, but right now I have the right not to have to be right. I can live in in peace. Uh, You know, Bill O'Reilly and Chris Matthews have to have the last word. But we can't be those type of people. Jesus never, now that's a big statement. Jesus never, not once, sought to prove he was right. He was accused of being everything from a wino to a a demoniac. And yet what did he do? He took those accusations and just proved his integrity by the way that he lived and the way that he treated even his enemies. When your brother-in-law tries to pick a fight over politics, any of y'all got that brother-in-law? Or religion. Don't get sucked in. By the way, just to let you know, God doesn't need defending. I don't know if y'all know this or not, God doesn't need us to to secure his place on the throne. Regardless of what happens at your office party, God will still be God. And when this world is over, he will still be in control. He he can make it (laughs) without us getting into a tussle at the office. Um, We're to preach the truth in love. And we're to avoid foolish controversies and argumentative people. And that's why he says in Colossians that we should be filled with gentleness and patience. 
My guess is you may have odd ducks in your family. Any of y'all have those people? Yeah? What are we supposed to do with them? Well, listen to what the scripture says. Well, we are to accept one another, and when they are obnoxious, we are to forgive one another. I'm sure you have people in your life who've hurt you in the past, and you have people who will probably hurt you in the near future. But we are to be forgiving people. And then verse 14 says, Above all, love one another. Above all these virtues, put on love. Now, above all is a big statement, too. Uh, you, 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 you might find if you would do this, things would be different instead of talking about what if you loved. And instead of arguing with, what if you just loved? And instead of stewing over, do you know what they said? And they tried to mess this up. And they did, instead of doing this, what if you loved and realized that person who is acting sinfully is a sinner that Christ died for? What if you loved? And you might find if you would do this, you wouldn't get so worked up if you loved. 1 Peter 4 verse 8 says, Love covers over a multitude of sins. We often think about covering sins of others when we read this verse. You know, my love will cover over your sin. But you know what I found? It usually covers up mine. When I love, I don't lash out. I don't say something that I regret later. And that's why Colossians 3.15 says, Guys, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since... As members of the body, you were called to peace. That's where we're at. That's a pretty straightforward message, isn't it? You want some holiday wisdom? Let me give it to you. Holiday wisdom this year is to, to be a peacemaker, not a pot stirrer. Here's your calling. There are no exception clauses to this either. Every one of us are called. I don't care what he has done. I don't care how they acted. I don't care how rude they are or what trouble they cause you. Your calling is to live at peace. And that includes with your mother-in-law. Or your son-in-law who had the audacity to want to have Christmas at his own house with his kids. Or your boss. Or the guy who cuts in front of you at the dollar store when you only have one item and they have a basket full. Or that contentious uncle who's rude to everyone at family gatherings. Or the person who lives in your own home. We're called to peace. When my kids were little, I used to have to grab their chin and say, Look into my eyes. If I could grab your chins right now, I would say, Look into my eyes. You are called to be agents of peace. Period. Now, if you accept this challenge, I have some advice that might make your Christmas better. Okay? That's the scriptural mandate, to let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And if Christ is in control, what else matters? If Christ has loved me enough to die for me and make me one of his own, what else matters? If Christ has given me a home in heaven, why am I going to get worked up? Because... Here's some advice. Number one, predetermine to be a peacemaker, not a pot stirrer. 
Use holiday as a time to bring healing and see as an opportunity to show love and kindness. See this as an opportunity to restore relationships or at least build bridges. So when that friend calls and, and wants to trash the person that sits next to you in the office, say something good about them. That'll usually diffuse them or at least make you no fun to talk to, and either way you win. Or... You know, when that cashier at Walmart is unfriendly, be friendly. No matter what, say thank you or just hold your tongue. Call your mother-in-law who's frustrated over you not coming and tell her why you can't come and ask if you can get together at another time or Skype or, well, really, okay, good luck with that one. But anyhow, don't be the problem. Don't be the pot stirrer. Number two. I would advise you not to try to fix difficult people. I'd advise you to love them. If you go home this Christmas with the intent of teaching your nephew a thing or two, I'm going to show him respect, I'm going to teach him. If you go home with that intent, I can guarantee you, you will not teach him anything godly. Try to talk to him, ask questions about him, love him. You're probably not going to convert that. Convert that flaming liberal at the office through argument. But love covers a multitude of sins. Be nice to people. Remember, people put up with you. <laughs> be nice to others. <laughs> There's never a time for us to be jerks. Well, they annoy me so bad. Well, my guess is you annoy them too. I I'm pretty sure of it. Be nice. Don't replay your encounters with others. You know, that, that, that is not what we should be about. Ally building is not done to end wars. It's done to prepare for war. Think about that. This is specific, specifically true for those of you with kids. Don't replay encounters at home. Because here's how it goes on family get-togethers a lot of times. You're nice. I'm fine. We're doing well. I hold my tongue. I don't want to stir the pot. And then you get in the car. Can you believe what an idiot they were? Or why did they do this? And da 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 da. And you know who's listening? Big ears in the back. And they are learning from you. And they might do what you are doing. And even worse, they might think that you are a phony. As much as it's up to you, be at peace with all men. And why is this so important? Why would I spend a whole Sunday talking about holiday wisdom is for us to try to keep the peace? Well, it will make your time more enjoyable, that's true. But I'm telling you this for the same reason that a preacher shouldn't curse. It makes your message unbelievable. You know, guys... We say that we have been saved. We, our family probably knows that we go to church. Do they see it? Guys, the gospel will only be believable if the gospel is visible. You may never share the gospel with difficult people in your life. You might not. I hope you do. But you may never get that opportunity. But I pray that you don't undermine the person who does by your actions through the holidays. 
and number two, it's important to be a peacemaker because we may be God's chosen vessel to bring Jesus to that difficult person in our life. Have you ever thought that the reason people are so obnoxious is because they're not controlled by the Holy Spirit? In fact, there's a good chance they don't have the Holy Spirit at all. And they're not a believer. Have you ever thought if they're not around us, they may never be around Jesus? But I don't like being around them, and they annoy me, and they're rude. And I'm sure it's not pleasant. But my guess, it wasn't pleasant for Jesus to leave heaven and come to earth. But he came anyhow. You know why? We needed him. You see, at the first Christmas, God used the nativity to bring peace. This Christmas, he's chosen you. He has made you his dwelling place through the Holy Spirit that he has placed in the heart of everyone who has faith in Christ. Christ lives in us, and we need to share him with others, even with difficult people. Guys, you can't share what you don't have. Some of you here are the problems in your families. Some of you here are the ones that cause contention in every relationship. You can't be a peacemaker if you don't have peace with God. And there's only one way to get it. And it's not by human effort. It's not by being good. It's not by coming to church. It's not by singing carols. It's not by giving money. It's not even by getting baptized. It's not by human effort. It's, it's by trusting in God's effort. God became flesh and dwelt among us. And he humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death on a cross so that your sin could be laid upon him and you could be made new. You want to bring peace to your world? Let God bring peace to you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the peace that comes through Christ Jesus our Lord. I pray, Father, that as your people, holy and loved, you would help us to be agents of this type of peace. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would convict your people of areas that they need to repent of. And Father God, give us the strength to to, to bring your presence to situations where your presence doesn't exist. God, I thank you, Lord, for the good news that Christ became a man and dwelt among us, and through him we beheld your glory. Father, I, I pray that uh, as we have witnessed in Jesus, the Prince of Peace, 
that we might seek to imitate him in all of our relationships. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In just a minute, we're going to have a time of response. Uh, in our time of response, there are... Uh, a few areas that you might need to respond today. Maybe you just want to come to the altar and say, Lord, you know that person that I dread. God, would you help me to, uh, to love them this Christmas? Maybe you're here today and you've never, ever been baptized. Lord, uh, George Ann, you, you've not given your heart and life to Christ and you've not followed him in baptism. Maybe you're here today and you want to commit uh, to baptism. You can come, and I'm going to ask you if you would to come and see me and say, uh, Nick, I, I know I need to follow the Lord in baptism to show the world I'm a believer. Maybe you don't know if the Lord lives in your life and you would like someone to talk to you about that. Uh, I'd be glad to talk to you. One of our deacons would be glad to talk to you. If God's speaking to you, you can come. Um, you, you are welcome to come and, and participate in um, the Lord's Supper today if you would like to do that as well. Um, but if God speaks to you, I encourage you to come.